welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. If I missed you last week, Happy New Year! As I've said several times over the last month, by the time you're our age, you realize the futility of yet another New Year's resolution. And that's why this month, my guests are coaches with a message for life-changing health. Last week, my guest discussed how to start your new journey, how small is never too small. And after all, she went from being a fit, amazing athlete to after a debilitating health crisis, she wasn't even supposed to survive. She considered a, a walk to the end of the driveway as massive success. So it just really sort of hits home. I've been pondering how to introduce today's guest, as she has several stories that would catch your attention. Instead of giving you a mashup of reasons why I'm so pleased she's agreed to be one of 2022's first guests, I'll start with a bit of simple hospitality. Lou Hooper, thank you for being my guest today. Oh, Agnes, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. You and your husband, Bob, are vegans. Relatively recently, I understand, as it's been a lifestyle choice for only six years. Do you mind sharing why at midlife you decided to become vegan? Sure, no problem. I decided back when I walked into my doctor's office uh, one day to have my ongoing checkup, and uh, she was saying to me that um, I'm going to have to increase your cholesterol medication. And I guess I must have looked at her very strangely because she said, well, you know, you're going to be on these for the rest of your life. And I looked at her and I said, I don't think so. And so after that, I left the office. I was a little bit anxious uh, to be sure, but I was also then determined to say, okay, I'm not going to be on high blood pressure, high cholesterol medication for the rest of my life. And that's when I decided to change our our lifestyle, started out with a Mediterranean diet and then moved into the uh, the vegan uh, diet from there. And I was uh, lucky enough to have my husband join. So a lot of people don't have that support, but we were each other's support. And uh, so it's it's worked out. Yeah. For six years, we've been vegan. Haven't looked back. Don't miss meat or strangely enough cheese or <laughs> which is what a lot of people miss oh my god I'm gonna miss my cheese but yeah so it uh, it was a, a help decision but certainly I've also been a big proponent of animals and so from there the mission went because I did get off to, to end the story I did get off my medication after about uh, three or four months of being on the diet I uh, then my mission became more animal focused and helping to end cruelty to animals. 
yeah, there's several reasons why people be, do become vegan. I have a friend who's been mm. vegan most of his adult life, and yes, he's in his 60s, <laughs> because well. he's a fervent animal rights advocate. The yes. other part of your story that I love, Lou, and I'm going way out on a limb here with stereotyping, and I'm really hoping <laughs> listeners indulge me in this next bit, as I really dislike stereotyping anyone, but I think this is a fairly common one. Imagine for a moment a wrestler or a bodybuilder, big muscles, super strong. And when they tell you they consume a large serving of red meat every day, you say, of course you do. Well, for the most part, I think if you imagine a convoy of bikers rolling into town on their Harleys, <laughs> you, you'll assume that they'll ask for directions to an eating spot with meat. And again, I apologize for putting voices stereotypes, but Lou... You and your husband, Bob, are bikers with Harleys, correct? Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, there are stereotypes of, of different things. But uh, yeah, the, the big thing for Harley riders is if it isn't a restaurant, it's an ice cream place. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> they love their ice cream. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things that you live in the world. And you have to, you know, you have to be realistic. Would I like everybody to be vegan? Yes, of course I, I would, but it's not realistic. So, you know, you live in the world and you have to, you have to adapt to that. All I can hope is that, you know, you, you set an example and if people are interested, they ask you and you can go from there. So, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting is interesting stereotype. <laughs> did any of your riding mates give you a little bit of a hard time or did they tease you at all for your choices or um i, I think there was probably because you know when you have a group there's a you know always a little bit of teasing going on but uh so we got a little bit of pardon the pun ribbing <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you know they know you and they understand you and they accept you for whatever you are and so yeah so we went from there and there weren't any problems. Great. Sorry about the stereotyping. Yeah. No, that's okay. All the bodybuilders out there are just groaning too. So that's all right. Yeah. Especially the ones exactly, that are vegan. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So new lifestyle, quite unlike the old lifestyle. How did you start? As I say, we started, it's one of those things that I think so many people are afraid of when they hear the word vegan and they freak out and it's like, oh my God, I couldn't be a vegan. You know, and it's it's almost as if you have to do it overnight. And we certainly didn't do it overnight. We did it step by step. As I say, we started with a Mediterranean diet, so that had already cut out a lot of the, the red meat. And we were, you know, we liked our hamburgers and our steaks, but it was a case of we just understood the the reasons why we were cutting that out. And uh, so from the Mediterranean, then I cut out, you know, chicken and fish and, and dairy. And so it was, it was a gradual thing. And did we fall off the wagon as it were sometimes? Yes, of course we did. But you just, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off and you start again and, and move forward with that. And I think the important thing is if you have a mission, if it's your health, that you want to improve or it's animals that you want to uh, save from cruelty or it's the uh, environment that you want to help improve. You keep that mission strong in your head and that leads you forward in your journey. You've just covered off my next two questions, I think, because I, I was just going to ask <laughs> about, you know, having a few bumps along the way. 
Now, you, you mentioned cheese, and none of our listeners saw my jaw drop. <laughs> what are some of the common ways that people do fall off the wagon from time to time? I think cheese, dairy is a, is a big one. And, you know, people sometimes think, oh, well, it's dairy. You know, there's, you know, what's the problem? It's it's not. But I, I'm not going to get into the, the industry and, and that type of thing. But um, there is a lot of cruelty that goes on uh, that's involved with uh, with dairy products. But I think cheese is, is one of the big ones. That's the one that I hear all the time is, oh, my God, how am I going to give up my cheese? And I think because veganism is is or in plant-based eating is becoming more mainstream uh, these days they are getting some really great products out there and uh, you can still get a, a, a really nice uh, you know spread cheese and uh, sliced cheese and you know the shredded cheese that we have we put on our pizzas and so there are there are ways around it does it taste like the actual cheese no it doesn't to be honest and and I guess the thing is you have to realize that you have to understand that some of the things that you're going to substitute for what you had are not going to taste exactly the same. And uh, and so it's a matter of adjusting to that. I think our hardest was seafood. We were big seafood eaters. And uh, so having to cut back and, and not eat lobster and scallops and, and all that kind of stuff was, was really difficult. But we did it. Okay, and then I understand, because I check out my guests' websites, it was a conversation <laughs> with a colleague of yours, Lou, that set you on this coaching path. What were you doing before, and how did you morph into coaching veganism? Well, uh, for the past 40 years, I have been involved in um, either working at a charity or working for charities. And the last 25 years of that, I ran my own business. I was an, uh, I was an entrepreneur with Luann um, uh, Hooper and Associates, where I helped charities raise funds through direct mail. And like everybody else, well, the COVID came along and the floor fell out from underneath me. And uh, as many charities were deciding that, you know, probably wasn't the best idea to be direct mail and asking for, uh, you know, fundraising when so many people had... Uh, had either lost their jobs or been downsized or whatever. So, and at one point, as you say, I, I was I was speaking with a colleague one time in, in the kitchen. We were sitting there and we were talking about veganism. And and she said, you know, it's it's unfortunate that there isn't some sort of like a, a guidebook or, you know, something to help vegans move along. And, and that's when it, it hit me that, hmm, maybe that's something that I could do. And then... Subsequently, I mean, I sort of put that in the back of my head as 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 a project, and then subsequently, with with the, the COVID coming along and and losing uh, the consulting clients, instead of seeing it as a setback, I saw it as an opportunity to change my my life and and uh, uh, my career and move forward with something totally different, and that was to uh, help people. Uh, understand and move forward if they're vegan curious or new vegans or plant-based eaters uh, to help them move into that into that realm. I love the way you said vegan curious because there's these little catchphrases now that are coming into the mainstream of our conversations and it's a really good way of sort yeah. of as you said earlier you don't jump into it like I don't wake up tomorrow morning and say today's the day that we go vegan you know you, go into mm -hmm. it easily and uh, you'd be curious for a while and try out different things. So 
Now, I've dabbled in veganism, uh, thanks to my friend, and I've learned a little about the unlikely ingredients in some foods. Um, I think the use of gelatin in a lot of things, people recognize that. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I remember being quite surprised about is the fact that margarine, that you would think is animal-free, actually has whey in it. Can you think of anything off the top of your head, I'm sort of catching you unawares here, that you can't make assumptions about? when you're going vegan like you really do read the ingredients yeah i i think that i can't think of anything off the off the top of my head right but i do know that you know if it's if it's anything new or you're trying something uh, <laughs> one of the biggest things for my husband and i when we went grocery shopping we went from you know it being 20 minutes for it <laughs> going to being an hour because we had we stopped and we read all the ingredients um, because you're just not sure. You're not sure of, of what you're picking up that unless it obviously it has the vegan stamp on it says, you know, this is vegan or, you know, or plant based, you know, you, but you really have to read the ingredients because you're not sure unless obviously it's the, the natural products of, of, you know, fruit and vegetables, but anything that's processed you need to be really cautious about what's hiding there because you're right. I mean, it, uh, you know, like saying a lot of things, there's, there's gelatin and, and yeah, there's, there's some, I can't think of a, a product off the top of my head that, uh, but I do know that we spent a lot of time reading labels and, and you get to know, you know, you look for, I always say, look for the ones, look for milk, look for, you know, eggs uh, hidden in there. And, and uh, I think too, that I, in a, past life, I did grocery store tours for heart and diabetic health. And so oh, okay. you do, and, and more and more you're hearing about uh, gluten-free and like all those different health regimens. And so many people are stopping and reading the ingredients. And the other thought that I had as you were speaking is in terms of reading labels, I remember that one fairly large brand that was reliably vegan came out with a, another line that wasn't vegan. And I remember just oh. glancing at it one day going like, wait a minute. And I was quite surprised. And when I talked oh, to my yeah. vegan friend, he, he was angry, of course, because he felt it was almost like mm -hmm. a betrayal because people, people make That's assumptions. Right. But um, yeah. So I think I just want to clarify that people shouldn't be scared of the fact that suddenly you're taking longer to shop. You should be doing that anyways, because there's so many other things, even if you're not vegan, that you maybe want to avoid. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, you know, you've got to be looking at it for the salt content, the sugar content, you know, uh, all those other things. But, you know, this is just a, another thing to add on to there. But, yeah, I think people are becoming more savvy in terms of, of looking at, at labels and, and learning to, to know what the... Uh, red flags are so you mentioned that maybe the, the most obvious thing for you and your husband were giving up the red meat do you have other tips about getting started besides label reading <laughs> yeah i think that uh, i think certainly once again it's it's important to there's so much information out there i think that's the the biggest thing that's and that was what was difficult for for me when i first started because there's just information overwhelm and, and what do I look for and what, you know, what do I need? Am I going to get, of course, the big thing is, are, are your nutrients? Are you going to get your, your nutrients? And, uh, you know, people are always quick to, as soon as you say you're going vegan, first thing out of their mouth is, oh my God, where are you going to get your protein? And uh, so, 
it's uh, it, it's a matter of of understanding all that and but it takes a long time and it took me a long time to go through a lot of information and then at some point you don't know if you're really getting all the information like I went for a long time a couple of months at least and I had no idea about B12 because I'd never read about it I'd never heard anything about it and uh, so then all of a sudden that became you know something that I, I had to look into and and get supplements for because b12 is from animal uh comes from animal products and and vegan items don't have b12 in them unless they've been fortified like say a milk or a, a cereal something like that so i think that it's best to to ease yourself into it and it's i think it's so important to have support because some people let's face it who are are thinking about becoming vegan or plant-based their partner may not be interested in that. And they're sort of left on their own to try and navigate the, the waters. And so I think it's really important to get a support system that you can go to and, and uh, be there for when you, you hit the, uh, the dips and the, and the valleys because they, they do come along, uh, you know, but if you have support, they can help you get, uh, get through that and get over it. And I think it's also good there's obviously a ton of recipes out there. So I put together my own like little binder of, of different recipes that we had tried and really enjoyed. So I had sort of a, a set number of, of go-to recipes. And I think that's really important as well. You know, you start off maybe having two to three meals within a week be vegan. And then once you get comfortable with that, you can build it into four or five, six, and, and then, you know, go from there until all your, your meals are, are vegan. But it's important to have something that, you know, the whole family enjoys that, you know, is, uh, is plant-based, but that can be if somebody else isn't plant-based and vegan in the family, that something can be added on to it. You know, like a, you can have a, a vegan stew and then for whoever's not involved in that, you can add chicken or beef or whatever. You can add that into it. Yeah. So those are some of the things I think be supported, get some go to recipes and try and get the, the pertinent information that'll move you forward. The thought that comes to mind is that my daughter, for example, is um, well, she's vegetarian pretty pretty close to vegan mm -hmm. but not quite her partner is a meat eater she is insisting on the children being raised as vegetarians and mm -hmm. so he just accommodates that and if he feels like a piece of meat he cooks that on the side he eats what they eat and then they just he just throws on the meat on his plate so that yeah. works well yeah yeah. And I think, you know, there are lots of meals that can be made that I'm, people who are, are meat eaters would, would enjoy, even though they're plant based. And, you know, it's a matter of, like you say, if, if there's something that you, you want that's, you know, not vegan, you, you know, you cook it yourself or throw it on. But yeah, there's lots of meals that I'm sure non-vegans enjoy. The other thing that I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you've really emphasized the fact that this has to be a process because like so many other things in life, there's a learning process. And just like you don't start a new computer program or a new workout session or learn a language and have it down pat overnight, you, you know, read up on it, you do the research, you check into it, you forgive yourself the 
the little falls or fails or whatever you want to call them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a path that you travel. Yes, definitely. And I think that's part of why I started developing the online course that I had was to, to have all that information sort of in, in one place so that people wouldn't have to go out and, and do what I did and spend hours and hours and hours reading through all kinds of, of websites and, and all that type of thing. But it's good to have it all in one spot and also to have that support in one spot. I'm going to go there in a minute. But the other thing I, I will throw in there just as a personal experience, my daughter had bought some vegan cookbooks. So um, my friend, my vegan friend and I were part of a walking group that we ended up with COVID sitting outside having coffee after our walk and a few of us would bring treats. So of course they had to be Mm. vegan treats. And so she lent me her cookbooks. I opened one and I'm going through it going like, Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't think I want to buy this. I don't want to buy that. And then the next one, there was many recipes that I could make really easily. So just, you know, maybe the listeners, if they're doing this or buying a cookbook, yeah, that's right. It's it's really good to go through it because you don't want to have one that's, you know, like going to have a one ingredient that you may use just in one recipe and then it's going to sit in your shelf for the, the rest of you know the year until or the next time that you make it. So you want to look for, and like I always say, you want to look for recipes that are, are healthy, they're easy, they're cheap, and they're uh, they're tasty. I mean, those, I think, are the four elements of any sort of recipe that somebody wants to look for. And, uh, you know, because the other thing is a lot of people feel that, oh, veganism, oh, it's, that's more expensive. But, you know, when you when you weigh it out in terms of not having to buy expensive pieces of meat or, you know, having to buy fish, which is more expensive and that you're buying now fruits and vegetables. So it, it weighs itself out. But, um, yeah, you're best to look through a recipe book and, and see if if those are recipes that you know that you can commit to and that, you know, they will become your go-to recipes as it were, rather than ones that are are complicated and full of ingredients that you've never heard of before. There were certainly, you know, recipes that I did come across that in there was stuff that I never heard of before, but those things, some of those items have become staples as it were. So like, say for example, nutritional yeast, which is called in, in veganism, it's called nooch. And, you know, I thought, nooch? What the hell is nooch? <laughs> and so I looked it up and, and yeah, nutritional yeast. And it's, and it's got a, it's not a, a typical, it's not the same as yeast that you put in, you know, like your bread or anything like that. It has a very sort of cheesy taste to it. So a lot of people use it on top of, of pizzas and, and that kind of thing. And it's also usually fortified with B12. But that type of thing, you know, it wasn't an ingredient that I'd ever heard of in my non-vegan life, but it's become certainly a staple in our in our vegan cooking. I think everybody in the audience knows that I always come with notes and you've just like, you keep on pinging off things that I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> so you mentioned B12. Are there any other supplements that you'd recommend that, and let everybody know you're not a doctor, you're not a nutritionist, yes. but from your personal experience, no. what have you learned that you supplement with if there's others i i supplement with b12 and d d3 and i also take an omega oil but it's not a um, fish oil it's a, a seaweed oil and no it doesn't taste like seaweed <laughs> i eat sushi i actually eat seaweed so um you know <laughs> dulse from the east coast 
And uh, but those those are are three of the really important things that that certainly you're not going to find as heavily in a vegan diet as you would in a, a meat eating diet. But that doesn't mean that you can't supplement with those and and uh, you know sustain your body. I also take a probiotic, uh, which I think is really important for your gut health. So those are uh, those are some of the items that that we take on a regular basis. I'm just going to go sideways for a very brief moment. At the very end of 2021, my last episode was sort of a summation of the guests that I had in 2021. And it's too bad I hadn't talked to you because you've just said what like a whole bunch of people who deal with nutrition and gut health, etc. The other yeah. thing that you mentioned was the price. And I think especially thanks to COVID, um, I think it's safe to say that veganism probably isn't more expensive it could even be cheaper for some people yes i think so if you if you play your if you play your cards right and pick the things you know that uh, that aren't those one-off ingredients that can be expensive you know i mean there's let's let's face it, beans are a, are a staple and and beans are not expensive and lentils are, are not expensive and quinoa you can get like great bags of quinoa and you know uh, a, a cup of quinoa will go a long way and so you want to get stuff that's going to sustain you through that time period. And I, I think the other thing is, unfortunately for us, I'm in, I'm in Canada and I, I know you are too, Agnes, but we don't have the growing season that they have in the South. So, you know, we get our fresh fruits and vegetables when we can, but they can be a little bit more expensive out of season. So, you know, it's best to try and buy your vegetables in season. And when you can't, frozen frozen can be almost more nutritious than you know the stuff that you're getting because it's being transported uh you know and from down the states or mexico or wherever and uh so yeah so in the in the winter time i do a lot with frozen fruits and, and vegetables and uh you know once again not as expensive as as people think that it that it is so the two thoughts that come to mind are a lot of people will complain about flavor and so, you know, if you're buying herbs and spices, those might be more expensive or probably are expensive, mm -hmm. as I've been noticing. But they also last a long time and you're using them and stuff like that. So it's not like you, you know, buy an $8 bottle of something or jar of something and use it all in one go. It, it's going to last you a couple of months or something. So That's right. And, and that's, you know, that's what you want to look for. And, and certainly, let's face it, I mean... We all enjoy food uh, to you know the best part and, and part of that is obviously the taste of it and a lot of people once again feel oh vegan you know vegan meals oh they're so bland and well they're only as bland as you make them i mean because there's all kinds of i think the big thing is that a, a lot of people who are also reducing salt you know if you don't have that salt well then where's your flavor well there's flavor from all kinds of, of different uh, areas that uh, you can throw in there like you say spices and, and and herbs and also something that i often throw in in some of, of my recipes is a thing called liquid smoke and it gives things a sort of a barbecue flavor and uh so it's a it's a great flavoring for things Turmeric is great for, you know, scrambled tofu eggs. And, and there's another thing called black salt, which makes tofu scrambled eggs taste like scrambled eggs. So there's all kinds of, of different things that you can put in to help, uh, you know, help flavor your food. So. You've made me bounce all over my notes today, but this might actually be the perfect time to segue into the fact that you and I met because you had a five-day challenge and each day 
you sort of introduced a new concept. Could you break down, share how you break down uh, the getting used to eating vegan process in your challenge? Okay, so it's um, yeah, it's the five day quest to um, eating uh, healthy, easy, cheap, tasty meals. So each day I take like health, and I take a look at health and say, you know, talk about how a vegan meal can be healthy. The next day it's easy. How a vegan meal can be easy, and tips for you know making things a little bit easier. Next is uh, the inexpensive or cheap day and uh, talk about how as we have been here how meals can be inexpensive and then the next day how they can be tasty and then on the last day sort of pull it all together and 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 hope that you know people are and I also throw in recipes there as as samples for people to try and and uh, yeah so then the last day we sort of mix it all together (laughs) yeah I remember just each day going like I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. And, uh, and of course you yeah. had your Facebook group. So we all got to share and read each other's, you know, choices. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. Good. Our listeners are boomers. Many travel. You've traveled quite a bit pre COVID, of course. Did you have yes. any, like, where did you travel and did you have any trouble finding vegan choices? We found a vegan restaurant in the middle of the Amazon. So you know, it's it's one of those things that they're, they sort of pop up wherever. We went to Peru and we thought, okay, you know, <laughs> we may have a little bit of difficulty finding uh, something. But this particular town that we went to that's out in the middle of nowhere on the Amazon River had a vegan restaurant. And then there was another restaurant that was really happy to accommodate anything or any, you know, things that uh, we had to, to deal with. And uh, so that was probably one of the the more interesting uh, finds that that we came across. But traveling is an interesting aspect. And actually, it's one of the reasons why I went with vegan vagabonds was that whole idea of traveling as well and being a vegan. And it can it can be difficult if you're dealing with another language. But for the most part, we haven't had any trouble whatsoever uh, in terms of, of having people accommodate our vegan needs. And the other thing is, when I travel, I usually take a few things with me that I know that I can I can use and 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 have for you know like uh, nuts for example or oatmeal because I mean any place that you go for the most or in any hotel is going to have a kettle or whatever so I, I mix up uh, oatmeal packages and and then so we can have that for 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 breakfast or we take some we take some things with us so that you have something to fall back on but. Really, we we've been very fortunate that uh, a lot of people have been. Uh, the last thing that uh, we did was a cruise to New Zealand and Australia, and the cruise line actually had a complete vegan menu. And I was like, "Wow, yeah, now you know you're coming <laughs> into it." <laughs> you know, so and we're going. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get back into traveling. Uh, next year and uh, the cruise line that we've chosen uh, once again has complete big menu so it's it's uh, I think it's getting I think it's getting a bit easier because once again it's becoming you know more mainstream and because of COVID people are more uh, astute and savvy as to what they're they're putting in their their bodies so uh, I think you know obviously where there's money to be made (laughs) people will fill that gap and if people are interested in plant-based vegan foods that gap will be that gap yeah and i think 
as I think we've <laughs> hinted at a number of times, is that it's becoming more and more mainstream. So it really. Okay. Yes. Now, as as a former biker, yeah. I do have to slip this question in. Peru, did you do it on the bikes? No, we didn't. <laughs> have you watched Long Way Up? No, I haven't seen that. Okay. When we finish this, I'll tell you all about Long Way Up. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, no, we, uh, the, the one place that we did go on the bike was the Cabot Trail in Nova Scotia. And it was amazing to do it on a bike. It really, you don't really see the countryside until you've done that. So, yeah, that was one of the things that we did. So cool, Lou, and I thank you for the great information. Is there anything I haven't asked you that our listeners should know as they transition to a vegan lifestyle? We have bounced around a bit, but is there anything? Yeah, I, I think that certainly we've covered off on, you know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of tips, but we don't have the time to sort of go through everything here. But I think we've we've covered off on, on the, you know, the main ideas of going it slow. I mean, a lot of people I think are probably, they may be thinking about it just after the holidays too, after they've, you know, had all their wonderful, glorious holiday uh, meals and that type of thing, that they may be thinking about uh, transitioning to a, a more plant-based and regime so that they can maybe take off some pounds, a little, a little bit healthier and along the way also help animals and, and the environment. So, yeah, I think we've, we've sort of, we've, we've covered off on, I think the, the basics. Just thinking too, as you mentioned, coming off the holidays is rich foods, that sort of thing. And I mean, you started by telling us that, you know, you were on cholesterol medications. So anybody who finds their cholesterol has gone up or their blood pressure. Yes. It's it's such a, a good yeah. Or this this is, this way of eating will I you know if if it doesn't lower your cholesterol and your blood pressure then it's genetic. Yeah, blame the parents. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's always blame the parents. <laughs> oh dear, thank goodness mine are gone. Okay, when we chatted recently, you mentioned you have a program starting soon. Can you tell us about that? Yes, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is uh, the online uh, <clears throat> learning experience that I've been developing, that sort of that guide that I talked about at the beginning. And it's uh, a course that I've put together, and it's called uh, The Vegan Journey, A Beginner's Pathway. And it includes tips and tools and, and recipes, but it also includes uh, support. There's a, a group a session where we get together and we can we can chat about problems or recipes or whatever uh, people are facing and then there's also a one-on-one -on -one component as well so i'm i'm really excited about it i think if people are, are out there and they're thinking i'm confused i'm overwhelmed i i don't know which way to turn and i'm i feel alone then I think this is certainly something that you could uh, you could look into. And uh, it starts, the next one starts fairly soon. It's on January 23rd. So I'll be starting it. And it's five weeks. And so nothing too intense, but certainly uh, I think you get a, a big bang for your buck. Perfect timing then. That's great. Yeah. And I, I will add that I'm really glad that I pre-record often and go through and edit because I'm going to, when I edit, our episode now, I will have a pen and paper on in hand because I would consider myself fairly knowledgeable, but you just tossed in a few little jewels along the way here that I'm going, like, oh, didn't know that. Write it down. So, uh, oh, that's great. Yes, I appreciate that. Where do we find you online? I'm at uh, www.veganvagabonds, which is, oh, you can't see it, of <laughs> course. No, sorry about that. 
So it's Vegan Vagabonds, V-E-G-A-N-V-A-G-A-B-O-N-D-S dot C-A. And then if you want to email me and ask me any questions about the, the course or, or anything, I'm at veganvagabonds at rogers.com. Excellent. And I'm also on Facebook and <laughs> various, uh, you know, intonations of, of that as well. One of my favorite things about recording and being able to see each other is people will often do that. And just for our yeah. listeners, uh, Lou has a background on her Zoom call with her vegan, vegan vagabonds in big letters and she just pointed at it as, as she was saying that <laughs> so okay um i'll make sure i have all the links from you and they will be in the show notes great listeners many of you will agree this is an important and for some of you maybe even life-saving choice so i do recommend you check out lou's website browse around and definitely find out more about her upcoming program if you have comments on today's show, you can leave them where you listen to podcasts or at twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. And of course, feel free to leave stars. They help us grow. Hit the subscribe button or the follow button, whatever's on your, uh, on your site there before you go. And then you'll be sure to catch interviews with more of my great guests. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would, there's an application form at the twoboomerwomen.com website as well. Lou Hooper, thank you so much for being my guest on Two Boomer Women today. Oh, Agnes, thank you so much for allowing me to talk about something that I'm, I'm very passionate about and I think is, is something that's good for our world, for sure. In so many ways, as you've mentioned. Yes. Yep. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you. Take care. You too.